0: Tate at quarterback. Hits the Jets, needs a block, and he got it. Touchdown, Arizona.
1: Please tackle 14 for Arizona. That's the difference in the football game. He was amazing. Tate is doing things that I see Reggie Bush didn't do, Matt Leiner didn't do, Marcus Mariota didn't do, Marcus Allen didn't do. He's won four straight Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week awards.
0: Khalil Tate throws an absolute strike.
2: To do this week uh, to make sure you can contain him on Saturday. Great. Arizona, Arizona, Arizona,
1: Arizona, 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 Arizona.
0: For the week, uh, we weren't quite so lucky calling him, although Gabe had himself quite a week. Um, uh, Utah. I was at UCLA. Uh, Utah was given up ten and a half points, and they won forty-one to ten, and easily covered the spread there. The over/under was fifty-five, so the under hit, and Gabe got both those. All three of us took Utah. Uh, Oregon State beat Colorado. Rock it. in an incredible overtime game. Did you guys get to watch any of this?
1: Uh, watch
2: the final overtime or the overtime.
0: What'd you think, Gabe?
2: I mean, see, I, I, at the time I, cause I, I think I had the TV on me. We were in just in our hotel. So I did not know that Oregon state had come back from 31, uh, to three. I believe it was like pretty early in the third quarter, but Um, Yeah, I mean, that was just I I, I was pulling for Oregon State. I'm just not a I wasn't a believer in Colorado through their first five games. But I mean, that's a heck of a win for Oregon State. There's actually an Oregon State fan that sat in front of me uh, at the game on Saturday. And so we were chatting it up about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I caught it on the radio on the drive down of the game, and I was just, I was watching the ASU or listening to the ASU USC game, and then that ended, and then I, I I saw this, I heard that you know, hey, they're going to overtime for Colorado, and I thought, what? And so um, obviously we all took Colorado um, and didn't hit on any of that, but the over under was sixty two and a half, and there was a whopping seventy five points in this game, so uh, Gabe and I hit on the over in that game, ASU.
1: In college basketball, BYU forward Brandon Davis was kicked off the basketball team after he admitted to violating the school's honor code by having premarital sex with his girlfriend Luckily, his girlfriend goes to Arizona State, so she actually got course credit.
0: Edged SC. Um, I tweeted that if Clay Helton left the Coliseum with a job, that Lynn Swan should not have one, and I will stick by that. The fact that guy still has a job is ridiculous. That It's fourth and two, and they're into the end zone. They've got like one timeout left, and there's like, I don't know, less than three minutes, two, two minutes and change, and they punt the ball. I, I mean, how the hell does this guy still have a job? Yeah, that, and then
2: um, I think it was their decision to pick a field goal as well. Um, I think I would have gone for it, but that's just me. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. I mean, the situation with the injuries is the situation with the injuries, but USC has such an incredible recruiting advantage. I almost think that it's, it's laughable to say, oh, well, USC was on its backup, you know, defensive end. What, the five star guy? I mean, come <laughs> on, you know, we're supposed to feel sorry for that. I, I don't know. I just, and that, the, punting the ball on that last drive was, even the the play-by-play guy, and usually those play-by-play, they're employed by the athletics department. It's pretty rare for them to say anything critical. He was just like, what are they doing? They're not going to get the ball back with more than maybe 20 seconds, and that's exactly what happened. Well, they never, they got it back. And if anybody on earth didn't think Manny Wilkins was going to keep that RPO on the last play, you haven't watched Manny Wilkins play for, what, three straight years now, four straight years? That guy, when it comes down to a critical play, he pulls the ball every single time. If you haven't coached your players up on that, that's on you as a coaching staff. So, um, you know, uh, Gabe, Gabe was in the ASU corner, um, and so he got that one. And uh, Brandon and Gabe both hit on the over, uh, just going over uh, 52.5 on that one. So UW rolls into Cal. If you will. And scores a whopping 10 points and gets beaten 10-12. to 12. So Cal didn't even score a touchdown in the game, right? That was all field goals? Um, yeah. And,
2: uh, yeah, it was all field goals. Yeah,
0: yep. So uh, they, they hit the ender, as you might have guessed. So that was me. And, of course, we all took you, dub because who knew Cal was going to go crazy on, uh, you know, the Huskies. You know, Listen. A lot of our predictions are going to be hot garbage, and we'll revisit those and take full uh, I'll take eat a full crow-eating and accounting of our lack of uh, Nostradamian uh, ability to predict the future. However, I want to point out: I said that I thought you Dub might do something goofy, like lose a cow. But that was not including all their other goofy losses. So (laughs) you can count UW out of the playoff game. It really didn't matter what happened at Auburn. Um, Washington State beats Ferd um, with Ferd giving up three points. Uh, So Gabe and Brandon hit on that. And the over-under was uh, at 53-and-a-half and and easily hit that at 79. And then um, we talked about the Oregon uh, game. Oregon was giving up 10 points. None of us had the Chutzpah to take our home team and uh, the under hit on that. So Gabe and Brandon hit on the under. So for the week, uh, Gabe was an impressive three for six against the spread and five for six on the over under. That's a heck of a weekend at the book. Uh, Brandon, don't call it a comeback. Two for six on the uh, ATS and three for six on the over under. And I was a uh, underwhelming, one for six against the spread and two for six uh, on the over/under. So for season, uh, for the season, um, against the spread, I'm um, uh, 28 of 55 at 51 percent and 28 of 56 for the over/under at 50 percent. Um, Gabe is 26 of 48 f- for 94 percent against the spread and 28 of, of 49 for 57 percent on the over/under. And Brandon is 24 of 55 at 44%, and 26 of 56 at 46% against the over under. So we're trending towards the mean, which is probably not a good sign of our picks. But uh, Gabe and um, I kind of got out of the gates hot, and we're cooling off, with the exception of this week for Gabe. And Brandon struggled out of the gates, but he's, he's coming back to the mean. So uh, we're at least as good as a coin flip, gentlemen. Take that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I guess that's how it goes. So let's talk about uh, this week's games. Uh, obviously, tomorrow night is uh, Colorado at Arizona at uh, 7.30 p.m. This is going to be on Fox Sports 1. Let's go ahead and save that pick for last. Um, the first game tomorrow or on Saturday is going to be uh, number 15 Utah at ASU. This is going to be on Pac-12 uh, Networks at 1 p.m. Utah is giving up... Seven points to ASU with an over under of 56. What do you guys think?
2: Um, I'm going to take Utah
1: in the under. I'm going to. What was the over under or points
0: total points?
1: Points, sorry. Uh,
0: 56. That's um, up from 55.5 at opening.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Utah at this one. I'm going to take the. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely taking the uh the over on this one. Really. Yeah, I think I think Utah's offense is just going to whoop uh ASU's sorry pathetic defense.
0: <laughs> so, I'm going to take ASU and I'm going to take the over on that one. I, ASU plays really well at home and I think they're filling it. Um, and this is a chance for us to get back in the race in the south. Although I'll never be upset if uh, ASU loses. Um At 4.30 p.m. on uh, Big Fox, UCLA is heading to Eugene to take on the Ducks. Uh, The Ducks are giving up 10 points, which is down from an opening of 13, and the over-under is 63.
2: Shit. Oh, gosh. I'm going to take Oregon and the under again.
0: Oregon and the under. You're not feeling yeah. the scoring this weekend, huh, Gabe? Yeah, I
1: guess not. Yeah, I'll agree with Gabe. I'll take Oregon and the under on this.
0: Oregon and the under. Um, I think you definitely take Oregon. I'm going to go with the over and I think it's because the Ducks are at home and after last week, they're going to be frustrated and UCLA's run defense is going to be the, uh, beneficiary or the, uh, the unfortunate victim of that set of circumstances. Uh, Next on uh, Saturday is Stanford at UW. This was supposed to be, um, you know, probably the big game in the north. Um, It's not looking that way now with Washington State having a pretty um, sizable lead. Uh, It's going to be at 6 p.m. on Pac-12 Networks. The uh, Huskies are giving up 10 points. Wow, that's a lot of confidence in the Huskies. Um I'm a little surprised by that. How about you guys?
2: Um yeah, I mean I well shoot I mean, I feel like yeah, this is just a toss up. So I'd go Washington by like 3 maybe, maybe 2. But I for, as far as my pick, gosh, that is tough.
0: Um over under's 45 and a half for what it's worth.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll take th- Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'll take the over.
0: Um, that's the one I'd have thought you'd have gone on the uh, uh, under. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> 45 is that. That's too low for me. Um, gosh, I could see this going either way. So I guess I'll just take Stanford. I don't think it'll. I don't,
0: you might yeah. as well get the points, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with. man I'm I can't do that I can't I can't I can't, I can't uh, do So it. hard. <laughs> I do. Um, you know what this is gonna sense I'm gonna pick the Huskies because my wife's a Huskies fan Um, and so I'm picking that and then I'm gonna go with the over as well 45 is too low for this uh, both offenses especially since it's kind of like a it's a northern type rivalry game both offenses could click very easily so yeah, I'm going to go with uh, UW in the over.
0: All right, SC uh, rolls into Corvallis to take on the Beavers. This is going to be on Fox Sports 1 at 7 p.m. SC is giving up. Have we heard anything about who's going to be throwing the ball, spinning the, the pigskin for the pig skin that's, the yeah, that's what I want to
2: base my pick
1: on, but... I don't think I've heard anything about who it's going to be.
0: Um, Was Clay held able to find a junior high quarterback that's available to play on his elite national championship caliber program? <laughs> Let's see here. I'm not saying anything official. Because wasn't um, – Yeah, I don't see anything. Wasn't what's-his-nut a uh, bad boustachio? Um, out for a concussion (laughs) protocol?
2: Yes. Yes. J.T. Daniels. J.T.
0: Daniels. So, So, I mean, presumably he's cleared that this week, right? I mean, that's just a matter of time and symptoms. Yeah. So SC's given up 17. They're trying to sucker you in. Listen, man, it's the world beaters, Oregon State, so don't be fooled by that, gentlemen. What say you... you
1: especially since it's in Corvallis, man, like
0: USC is going to die.
1: Yeah. We're like, you know, they're coming off a very emotionally, you know, packed win against Colorado and like overtime, double overtime, maybe it's double overtime anyway. Um, but in over, you know, extra, you know, man, I, I have to, I'm going to, you know, I'm actually going to go with Oregon state on this one. And, uh, Go the over with points.
0: How about you, uh,
1: What's the over or 61 the? And a half.
0: The spread is seventeen. the The Trojans are giving up seventeen points.
2: Uh, okay, I'm taking the under for sure. Yeah. So give me give me some
0: more under. <laughs> give <me> some more. <laughs> um. Well, you went five for six last week, so we shouldn't be making fun of you, right? <laughs>
2: Uh I think I'll just take USC. I just don't think that Yeah, I'll take USC.
0: All right, number 8 and in the college playoff projections along with Utah, uh Washington State um is hosting uh the Giant Killers Cal uh in Pullman on 745 on the Four Letter Network. Washington State is giving up I'm sure it's a ton. Yeah. I'm thinking the over on this one. Washington State is giving up 9.5. Good gravy. That's hardly anything. And the over-under is 50. The over-under has dropped four points from 11, and the spread has gone from 11 to 9.5. So that's, called, that's, that's called
1: safe betting.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's strange, I think. But I thought Oregon was a bet the rent kind of play, so there you go. I would be homeless this week had I put my rent on uh, the Ducks.
1: So I, I'm picking. I'm picking Wazoo in this one. There is. This is a completely different game than you know playing the Huskies in Berkeley. You're going to Pullman against Gardner Minshew, who is just ridiculous
0: and candidate, number one yes. passer in the country, right?
1: Yeah, seriously, like. I don't know what anyone was thinking, given Wazoo just nine and a half. I'm half. I'm I'm picking Wazoo in the over on this.
0: To, could Mike Leach, like, find the towel boy and make him a Heisman candidate quarterback yes. overnight? Yes, I mean, it's unfreaking real what that guy's done.
1: Yeah, I think he could do that easily.
2: Yeah, this is an easy Wazoo over. I think Wazoo could score, like, 45 on their own. So
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too.
2: It just doesn't make sense here. This is free money.
0: That's what they say until the score comes <laughs> through. That's what I also said about Oregon. So you took Wazoo and the over too, Brandon.
1: Yep, Wazoo and the over.
0: All right, that's a sweep for us. So it's probably a bad sign. All right, let's get <laughs> back to Arizona, Colorado. Like I said, Fox Sports One at seven thirty, um, and let's see where we are on the spread on that bad boy. Um, of course, this one couldn't be with all the other Pac-12 ones. Oh, because it's Friday, that's why. All righty. I was shocked, but this line came out pretty early, and not everybody else was shocked. So, every, you know, Arizona's given up points, uh, three points in this game. I, You know, listen, I know Colorado's dropped several games uh, in a row. Um, the over-under is 56-and-a-half on this one. So, I guess before we get into our picks um, – Let's just you know take a few seconds and, and talk about uh, Oregon before they come in here. Um, so U of A has at least one win against an AP uh, top 25 team in 13 of the past 15 seasons. So this is an urban mm-hmm. legend. This isn't your impression. We do this consistently, um, and so we have two of our last three at home. Uh, we've won five of seven meetings between the schools since. Um, CU has joined um, the Pac-12 conference. Now, we had a pretty good run like that against Utah in the Rich Rod days. I'm not sure they're the rollover they used to be. Uh, The winning team in the series has scored at least 38 points in all seven meetings uh, since the Buffaloes um, joined the conference. So look for this to be a um, high-scoring game. Uh, J.J. Taylor leads all all power five players with 100. Uh, 1,579 all purpose yards, and he's averaging um, 175.4 yards per game, which is currently most for a U of A player since 2000. And I think he's the number four or five running back in the nation. Did you guys see that? I he tweeted is, that out and you retweeted it, right, Brandon?
1: Yeah, he's the fourth. Fourth?
0: So he's the fourth best rusher in the nation. And I, I think that's largely gone under the radar, even for Arizona fans. So shouts to JJ Taylor. I mean, you know, you've commented on several times, Gabe, him being durable enough. And I think that was initially a concern. And so props to him. If he, if he's not, what is he? Five, seven or something. He's if he's five, six. Yeah. If Maybe he's fi- if he's five ten, <laughs> he's a four star and he's at USC, right? Yeah, he oh, doesn't yeah. even have to be six foot, right? He's five ten. Yep. He's at USC. Um, uh, Arizona's defense is limiting, and this is all from Arizona's official game day notes, Arizona's defense is limiting Pac-12 teams to 23.8 23.8 points per game. Uh, this is the second best improvement of any Power 5 uh, school from non-conference to conference play. So, you know, we talked a lot about uh, whether this was a make-or-break season for um, Yates, and it looks like it's finally coming around uh, in the non-conference, I mean in the conference uh, slate. Um uh, currently averaging uh, 27.4 points per game. U of A's defense is allowing uh, 10.9 fewer points per game than it did in Marcel Yates' first season when he came here in 2016. This is typical of a Yates defense. We've, we lead the Pac-12 in 12 turnovers, uh, forced and conference play. Um, Colin schooler has 90 plus tackles. He's one of seven power five players with that many, uh, tackles. And Scotty young junior is tied, uh, for the PAC 12 lead with three interceptions a season, uh, DFF, uh, career high with three plus breakups last uh, year. And Sean Brown has a career high 10 catches against Oregon. He's 14 catches shy of U of A's top 10. So yeah. those are all interesting, uh, tidbits. Listen, uh, Colorado started out 0 and five, and now they're five rolling, and zero. Excuse me, hmm. and now they're rolling in here, and you know, especially after having lost to um, Oregon State in the way that they lost. And I wanted to say props to McIntyre. I, I, I heard his post game, you know, the immediate postgame interview, like on the field. And the first thing he said is, well, instead of criticizing how my team played, I really want to congratulate Oregon State on coming back from a big deficit like that. When, when you Something to the fact when you see kids struggle through adversity like that and come back, you really have to be impressed. So, I mean, McI- uh, McIntyre kind of strikes me as a meathead, but I thought that was uh – a pretty insightful uh commentary and i and i've commented many times how McIntyre took advantage of his pac twelve south victory to to up his recruiting game when when rich rod didn't so props to him uh, despite the recent loss and so now they're coming in here with um, you know three straight losses in their two and three in conference and and they're in their bottom half of the pac twelve south you know uh brandon's um, quarterback his um, <laughs> Oh, what's the kid's name? Steven Montez. Steven Montez. Montez. The Steven Montez. <laughs> so Brandon, Brandon, Steven Montez, uh, I think playing effectively. I can't say I, I saw this game. I only listened to it in the previous game in, um on the radio. What do you guys make of this matchup? And didn't uh, Colorado lose its running back in this game too?
1: Jalen McMillan or not. Yeah. Jalen McMillan. I think
0: they did. So weren't they having running back issues or am I, am I not remembering that correctly?
1: no you're you're remembering it correctly i'm pretty sure so i think this game is going to be very interesting um you know with it being a friday night game uh this time it's actually in arizona's favor since it's at since they're at home um and, and, and as i spoke with you know as gabe and i both said earlier we you know i think that arizona actually found itself last weekend um you know, Colorado's in a in a skid. You know, we're not sure if Lavisca Chenault's actually going to be playing.
0: Um, and wasn't I mean, he hurt in the game before this.
1: Yeah, 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 he was. And then you know that amazing, uh, epic self destruction that that the Colorado um, team as a whole had last week. And then you know they're on they're in a night game on the road after a short week. Um, I, I I have Arizona winning this one, 35-21, so I'll just be just under the over-under, so I'm taking the under, and um, I am taking Arizona.
0: I love it. So
2: my prediction doesn't change, but there were two interesting notes that will have me flipping my uh, prop bets here. Where the winner has scored 38 in all matchups or five of the seven, whatever yeah. that number was.
0: Yeah, so a winning team in the series has scored at least 38 points in all seven meetings since the Buffs joined the conference.
2: Hmm. So I was going to go on the under, but now I'm going to take the over on that. Um, for that and then I was also just uh, impressed with the 28 points per game for Arizona and then yeah until like two weeks ago I didn't realize that JJ was the leading I think his, I think two weeks ago still he was leading an all purpose yardage so that was a very sneaky stat that I don't think I would have expected I know Oregon State inflated it quite a bit but he's still I think it was 175 yards a game so uh, pretty impressive stuff there but kind of like brandon's already said i am not a believer in colorado after their 5-0 and star it was just against garbage teams at kind of the right time they're coming off three straight losses a devastating loss at home blowing a 31-3 lead they got a short week they got to come to tucson now arizona's juiced up after the oregon win I think I have Arizona now. I mean, I got to have them at least scoring 38. So I'll go like 41 to 31. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I, uh, from the beginning, I feel like this was a winnable game and I still think it is. And now Arizona can uh, be in the driver's
1: seat for bull eligibility.
0: Love it. So Zona and the over and Brandon, you had Zona and the over.
1: Uh, Zona in the under, actually, the by under. half a point.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and so I took Zona in the over. Anything you guys want to comment on uh, Colorado specifically coming into this game?
1: You know, like, they have other they, – they do have other, um, you know, receiving targets with, like, Katie Nixon and stuff like that. He's really, he's really come along. But they just don't look like a complete team to me anymore, like – like Gabe was saying, like I think that those five wins definitely came at the right time. Like those are the teams they played definitely came at the right time, <clears throat> because I don't think that they would beat UCLA now. Um, just something's happened with this with this team. I don't really know what it is. It's like uh, so. It's just I mean, just they've imploded in on each other. So, yeah, it, it's just this. It might be, get really ugly for Colorado.
2: Um, yeah, I don't know too much about Colorado um, as a whole. I would like to see LaVisca Chanel. I haven't really watched a Colorado game in its entirety. I'd like to see him out there on the field, maybe make a nice play, but I don't want him to be a complete X factor and just go eight for 125 and a touchdown. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, I hope every both teams have fun. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: What is this, a Pop order game? <laughs> I hope Colorado suffers humiliations galore. Humiliations galore. <laughs> Gabe's like, I want to go to bed. I got to work tomorrow. I don't know what talking about. This has been going on for too long. All right, well, I, I just popped over to... Um, Colorado's uh, game notes and I don't see anything on you know any of those injuries but that's a good point about Leviscus too I just hasn't quite been the Heisman caliber contender he has been in the past so um, we'll have to see how that bears out Uh and I haven't seen any injury reports, but um, that's not going to stop me from taking zone in the over. So um, I, I don't have anything else. Uh, do you guys want to hit in? Oh, well, we got to hit our Friday night lights. So uh, Brandon, uh, mm-hmm. take us through how our recruits did this uh, this week.
1: Radio 470
0: AM. It is game day, people. Welcome to the most talked about game in the state of Texas. I'm already sweating like a whore in church. We're gonna play fast, we're gonna take what we can get, gentlemen. Do you understand me? Let's show them what we got. Yeah.
2: You ready for this?
1: So uh, starting with the Friday Night Lights, uh, Grant Cannell had a, uh, a bye week, which is kind of odd not seeing him just shred defenses. So uh, we'll move right back down to uh, Quibena Watson, who, um, you know, unconfirmed had five tackles in the game just based on the clips he had. Uh, one really thing or one thing I really liked about uh, his game against Bullard, uh, even though Edison lost, um it was interesting to see him actually, but he bounced around all over the the defense for Edison. Uh, he was a stand-up line, but outside linebacker. He was a stud type position. He was a hand down in the dirt type of defensive tackle on a on a play that I saw. I mean, hand down in the dirt defensive end. So he was just kind of bouncing all around. Um, he showed off really great eye discipline throughout the the you know his clips and stuff. You know, showing or uh, waiting for the play to develop and then reacting rather quickly. So. Um what do you think what do you think about his game there Gabe?
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought he he looks good and I mean, just pretty much the same as every week. He's just the athletic disruptive dude and it, it's interesting. I mean, it's, he's kind of a, a stud D end hybrid guy, but we're seeing a lot more Jalen Harris over Kylan Wilborn over the past few weeks now. I'm interested to see how they would use all three eventually because they're all very young. Um, and I think that Watson is going, I, I, I have my love for Jalen Harris, but I think Watson can uh, come in immediately and just have at it. Don't say such things.
1: <laughs> I have, I, I, I absolutely love Jalen Harris. So, but I like Watson. So I get what you're saying completely. I think he does have that ability, especially with his size. <laughs> Uh, Moving down to uh, Gabe and I's one of Gabe and I's favorite commits Jackson Turner. We didn't have any clips from this season. uh, Sorry, this game. But his team, uh, Rancho Verde finished off a perfect season. Uh, They ended up beating um, Heritage High School 17 to 10. And the here's the funny thing about this game. So I remember I think it was like a, a day or two before the actual game. Uh, Jackson actually said that like by the end of this game they're going to call my name or, or what have you, um, and and sure enough, uh, his prediction was spot on accurate. Um, he ended up catching the the game winning touchdown, and it was really funny. Like during in the you know I posted uh, or I embedded the uh, the tweet he posted out he put out after the game, and it was actually really funny. And uh, you can tell he was actually really really excited in his in his interview. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I go back and forth between him and Gennell is my favorite commits, as I said before. Uh, I have a thing for safeties, but I mean, he's going to be a stud at Arizona, so looking forward to his team making a run in the playoffs for sure.
1: Yeah. All right, so moving down to Mo Gaines, um, I just I Gabe and I talked about this last week. I do not enjoy whoever filmed (laughs) the games for for St. Thomas more because they're pretty bad. Um, I think it was like, it was only one play that, that, uh, Maurice has in his game film. But, um, I mean, I can't even really make an assessment off of it. Um, interesting though, we'll we will go to the recruiting side of things with him. Like he actually picked up offers from South Carolina and Texas and, um, is still very much solid with with Arizona no matter who's coming in like right now he's just he's just all in with Arizona he has a really like I said he has a really good uh really good relationship with uh, Demetrius Martin and you know uh, coach Martin has a really good relationship with not only Gaines but his family too so
2: yeah he's he's blowing up this October he picked up Arkansas Baylor um Oklahoma State Texas today I guess South Carolina is new to me Um, And then he tweeted, like, not too long, maybe within the hour of receiving his Texas offer that he was still committed to Arizona 100%. Um, I can't stand it. Like, it's not his fault that his film is garbage here. It's just whoever, whatever middle school kid is just (laughs) out there recording and just missing all these plays. I'm just really upset with him and the job that he's doing. And it's defamation of character for Maurice Gaines to have zero highlights every week. And I I think that I, um, I was reading something about him. And, I mean, the coaches have told him that he's going to come in to play as a number one role. And, I mean, I think that he definitely can
1: next year. He's got the size already, which I love. Yeah, he's... I, I, I find it hard to believe that he's not making plays every game. I mean, he did say recently that uh, because he's doing so well, locking receivers down that they don't throw to him as much. So that could be a possibility. Sure. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, uh, I hate I, that kid recording. I, I, I 100% agree <laughs> with you on that. Uh, moving down to uh, a player who's actually quickly climbing the list as uh, prospects I really like for this class, Jalen Johnson. They did let me make it clear. They did not have a good game against Centennial, like the overall team did. Jalen Johnson, oh. yeah, eighty-four Jalen, to fourteen. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time I read through it. But I will say this: Johnson did have a good game against against uh, Centennial. So he he's someone I can actually see. He he's very much kind of reminds me of Thomas Marcus uh, in the sense of his athleticism and speed. Um, Maybe not like making the like crazy one-handed catches and stuff like that, but man, that kid can. If, if you wanna, if you wanna throw a ball to the sideline that's contested or anything like that, Johnson can make that play. And I, I really cannot w- wait to see um, what he does um, with f- four games' experience and a possible rusher, even if you, like he may, excuse me, um, impress the coaches enough to where he plays as a, just a, you know all games as a true freshman. I, I just can't wait for this kid to get on campus. Yeah,
2: it's interesting that you brought up Thomas Marcus because when I was watching, I was trying to find a comparison. Um, And, I yeah, I would say he's a mix between, like, Thomas Marcus and Devon Cooper, Um, just with his size and then, yeah, his playmaking ability and then his speed. I think that, yeah, I I think Devon might be the fastest on the team. I'm, I'm not sure who else would be up there, maybe JJ, but... For for me, I would think he's up there with the fastest, and I think Jalen Johnson would be, you know, pretty close with him next season when, if we could ever uh, have a
1: race off there. It's kind of crazy to see um, how fast he is for how big he is. It's just blows. Oh yeah, uh, six three. Yeah. Um. So yeah, moving down, uh, Cam Bradford. I actually like so far the film that he's shown and the progression he's shown this year. There wasn't any film for his. Uh, his team's blowout win of Molina High School, but uh, it's just someone to keep an eye on. I think um, the more and more I watch him this year, the better he he seems.
2: Yeah, I uh, I hope that they can just get him in development early and just see what they can do. Obviously, has a size, of so just it's uh, gonna be on Coach Iona to uh, coach him up there. Yeah,
1: and then moving down to Chris Roland again, he's. Probably one of the funnest players to watch this year. Uh, one of the funnest commits to watch this year. He's just—you never know what he's going to do with the ball in his hands. He's just a, just a pure athlete. Um, Gabe made me a very sad, Panda, uh, tonight <laughs> when he when he tweeted out his list of commits and Chris Rowland was near the bottom for whatever reason. I don't know why. That's <laughs> just my opinion on the thing. But I mean, yeah, he he is. I mean, I agree with Gabe. He is a he is an explosive wide receiver. He's a phenomenal wide receiver. But I could see him like he he I could see him playing safety. And I actually think he might come in as safety just on based on how recruiting's going right now with with Arizona and who they're targeting and everything. I just I see him and Jackson Turner as the safeties that they're bringing in.
2: Yeah. So electrifying playmaker i i agree he he is like a a mix between thomas marcus and stanley Berryhill for me um in terms of wide receiver abilities and i think that he would be phenomenal there but as a d or as a corner which i think is what the original intention was i just i i just don't see it but now as a safety that's a little bit better. It is very crowded at the safety position there already, so it would be interesting to see how he kind of fits. But again, he is a someone guy. None of these guys, you know, he just... someone just inherited these guys, so perhaps Roland makes a jump over someone that we don't really expect. But I, I don't know. I just don't... Ah, yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time with, with Chris Roland here, but I think... The, yeah, the way corner recruiting is with at least Gaines, and you're you're heating up with Bobby Wolf here. Yeah. Maybe he gets moved to safety, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he uh, proves me
1: wrong for sure. I hope he does too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to a player that Gabe and I both really like, um, and, and one for me that is really—I mean, he's probably made the biggest jump with with impressive. Impressiveness this season and probably this uh, this last game definitely proved it. Uh, Darian Clark um, finished with 16 tackles and a tackle for loss uh, on the road against uh, Seagoville High School. um, South Oak Cliff ended up winning 56 nothing. The part that really that really impresses me about him. There is one play that he drops back in coverage. Um, realizes that the quarterback actually has room to run and is that the quarterback's actually about to tuck it and run. And he covers like 10 yards in a second and just drops the quarterback. That was, I I don't think I've ever seen a burst of speed like that from a linebacker. I mean, he covered so much room so fast. Yeah,
2: I, that, that was a really great play. Um, you didn't expect him to close in on that quarterback that quickly. But, um, I mean, yeah, really just kind of head-scratching. 16 tackles this past game, and I'm sure at this point he'll probably be three-time All-State, and Arizona still is only Power 5 offer. Um, Just really head-scratching, but I mean, I'll take it. I think he's going to be ultra-productive here as well. I think it'll translate well. I think he's a guy where you, you watch his film and you can see his speed, and his just instinctiveness and decision making all at once and so he'll be a really good player for Arizona as well.
1: He's like a callin schooler 2.0 honestly yeah um so then moving down to Michael Wiley um again I don't know why but like we're not getting any major film like full game film from Wiley but we're getting like plays that he's done um, so he finished a road victory against uh, Brazos Wood high school uh, with 15 carries 163 yards and three touchdowns um, the uh, 40 the one clip that we had was a 45 yard touchdown run um he hit the hole pretty hard and then just outran the defense until about like the two yard line when the defender made like a barely barely snagged his uh, his shoestring you know or you know barely snagged his like heel really and tripped him up but still wiley ended up getting the touchdown for 45 yards Uh, one interesting thing is uh, he ended up becoming the first straight jesuit player to rush uh, for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons ever so that's actually a really cool thing from him
2: yeah, I think I'm, I got a bone to pick with this camera guy too, because yeah, it's very annoying that it's just all they have is just one play. And I mean, granted, sure, it's it's a long touchdown run, but I mean, this fool's putting up like two hundred yards a game every single week, and so it's like it, it's very frustrating to watch there. But a guy, I I mean, he he is definitely proving me wrong this this senior season. I thought his film was nothing special, just your average varsity running back as a junior but I mean he's really padding on the stats the first thousand yard rusher at his school and uh, he looks good I still don't see him as like a lead bat like I, I see him as like a Terrace Jones Grigsby almost where he's just like which isn't bad like it's it, but it's like a complimentary role where you know you have your your main I see I gosh when he comes in
1: though which you think like, would you think more like a Jared Baker, though?
2: Yeah, okay, yeah. That, okay, yeah, that's a much better way. Yes, that is a very good comparison as well. Um, Jared Baker, I like that comparison. That makes me feel a lot better. Yes, give me Jared Baker. <laughs> <laughs> there we
1: go. So moving on to Jordan Morgan, we're still. it's still hard to get anything on um, film-wise on him. Um, our, uh, our contributor, Chris, didn't make it out there uh, this week either, so we weren't able to get anything. Um, I mean, Marana had 150 yards rushing with 21 carries two touchdowns. That's 71 or (laughs) 71. I wish at 7.1 yards per clip. So that's pretty good still. Uh, and they stopped over in 50 to nothing. So, uh, you know, offense did its job. Um, and interestingly enough, after they, after they dominated Nogales, Morgan ended up making his way up to Arizona stadium and watched Arizona stop, uh, excuse me, uh, Oregon so that's that's another way to solidify his commitment
2: yeah I like Morgan um, oh we gotta talk about the new O-line commit but um, yeah I like I, it. I like Morgan a lot and uh, I, I mean that USC offer um, hasn't really created a whole lot of more a whole lot more buzz around him. I was very nervous that once USC gets in there, Nebraska is going to go, Oregon's going to come. Um, but they're, that that's good. I want him to stay low profile. He's got just he's he's on his way to becoming a full
1: time starter in
2: like a year or two, and that for that I am very excited.
1: Yeah, this kid the kid's just ridiculously athletic for his. This size too. I can't wait, especially with Gilbert. I think he's a good developer, so I think he'll thrive under Gilbert. Oh yeah. All right. So moving on to Eddie Samuel. Um It's hard, like I said, like we've been saying, it's really hard to get anything from um, Samoa. Uh, but we do know that he ended up losing, um, or not he, but uh, Leone High School, which is his high school, ended up losing to a someone. Samo- it's uh, hard Ana High School, thirty-two to twenty-six. Um, this puts uh, Leone f- uh, fourth out of five high schools in American Samoa, so not the not the best year so far. But um, I have no doubt that that Eddie's actually um, producing at a very high level. There's a reason he's a number one uh, player in in the territory. So.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really wish we could have. I, I got a bone to pick with this camera guy that doesn't even exist. Um, I really wish that we could get film on him because for last we saw, what, he was like 6'3", 230-ish, mm. 6'4", 220-ish, somewhere around there. So, yeah, the kid's massive. I think he could play like seven different positions for Arizona. Weak side, stud, D end probably any safety position, this guy's gonna be good.
1: Interesting enough too, um his his and I I remember retweeting it when it actually came out, his junior film. Uh so Gabe and I only had to go off his sophomore film when he was, you know, what, six to 190 in his safety. Yeah, I don't um, think he was two hundred yet. Yeah, and then his junior film came out and holy crap, man, he was like that was when he was actually playing outside linebacker, you know, stud type position and it kind of quietly came out on twitter and that's when he had blown up he was like six three two twenty so um and that's when like man yeah it if, if i can find it again like i'm gonna post it in his in in this article because his junior highlights just show him just being an aggressive attack in the offense a blind attack in the ball so it was, it was just really good to see yeah he does whatever he wants on the field yeah yeah he does. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to Kyle Ostendorp, uh, Gabe's last-ranked um, <laughs> commit of the class. Um, Desert Vista finished off an impressive regular season, beating Queen Creek 35-28. to um, uh, Ostendorp had two punts for 75 yards. Um, he only averaged 37 and 37.5 um, on those two punts. Uh, he had a long of 45 and one inside the 20. Uh, over on the year, he's over 40, so he's almost about 42, sitting at 41.7 yards per punt. With the longest sixty two yards and twelve inside the twenty. So he's he's I don't understand why Chris Taylor keeps dropping him because he's producing at a pretty good level. Um he's roughly around where like Dylan Clump is right now, which is really good. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this kid, at least ranking wise.
2: Yeah. Um I mean for him, yeah. So he was my last, but I mean it's kinda like the nature of the position, like Kickers aren't. I mean, I it, you need it for next year because you're not going to have Dylan. But yeah, just yeah. I yeah. Just my last pick. Um. It looks like uh, that Highland punter is going to UCLA. I always mix up his name between Braden and Austin. Or Austin Brayden. Mac. Austin, <laughs> Austin yeah. McNamara. Uh, yeah. So it looks like Arizona probably would have missed out on that. I imagine. Um, yeah. Not, yeah Yeah. um yeah just interesting how sailor keeps dropping he was like 70th when he committed then he dropped like 90 then 110 now he's like 125 um very interesting but yeah i mean i still averaging 42 and that's without like a dedicated special teams coach that probably has you know real special teams experience at a high level so you're hoping that uh my guy out there on special teams will uh, coach
1: him up. Yeah. All right. And moving on to uh, Rocky I our um, our lone Juco commit in the class, uh, his Fort Scott's not having a good season. Uh, they lost to Iowa Western community college 39, seven. Uh, there wasn't much film on I but he actually, uh, you know, what, what, he, what, uh, what he showed in the game, at least with the clips that he has, he, um, I still like him. I think he's going to be a good one. Um, again, a perfect uh, player for coach Gilbert to, to coach up and, and, and develop um, one play. He actually engaged his, his, his man and slammed him to the ground in a very uh, violent manner. And I can tell you that I loved seeing that from an offensive lineman.
2: Yeah. So this for me, Offensive line is obviously a position of need. And at the time I was a little sour that it's like, okay, you're going to the Juco ranks because you need more of a grown man who can get you in immediately. And this guy is a grown man. He's like six seven, three forty five. but this is his first year playing football. But then I was thinking about it and it was also after the uh, commitment today, but I'm just thinking Kevin Sumlin in general I looked this up after the commitment. He's had four first-round picks on the offensive line during his time at Texas A&M, and I think he had like two additional guys later on in the draft. But now I'm kind of under the mindset where I'm okay with some of the— I I love Morgan, and and you can see the potential there. Itogi, I'm not in love with, but I trust Sumlin here because he's been around— some high-profile guys on the offensive line. He has to have some sort of a feel of what he likes and what traits he sees in some of these guys that he's coached up before. So I'm feeling a little bit better about Itogi, but still not
1: my favorite, but I'll take it. I saw that he climbed, actually, in your in your... Uh, yeah. yeah. That's actually good. He, he was like third or fourth from the bottom, so he's moving yeah. up. <laughs> All right. And then finally, we'll move on to um, the news today that both Gabe and I have been talking about for what, man, since June, I think? Yeah, pretty much. And um, one that we were just waiting to happen. We weren't sure it's going to happen. Then we're okay, It's going to happen. And then finally, it did. So uh, Jamari Williams flipped from uh, Louisville to uh, Arizona this morning. Um, It's a long time coming. And this is one that we we both can agree on is a, a commitment to be excited about uh, a couple of reasons. One reason is that uh, Gabe has been pre- preaching it, I think, all season on the podcast about wanting to grab a true offensive guard. Now we got one. Um, and and not only that, but it's one who's not only athletic, but is, is big, has the frame to add more, uh, more weight, and is – in my opinion, I watched in his film i love i love personally love the use of his hands. his his footwork is legit, but his hand his, his use of the hands are, are what really impresses me he can use his hands and extend his arms out without you know holding on to the defender. so I, I really enjoy that about jamari Williams' this, uh, game.
2: yeah, I been, well, I thought this ship had sailed because, I yeah, I think during June or July he took like a rogue visit where he didn't tell Louisville, didn't post anything, didn't really do anything. I had been told that he was on decommitment watch and nothing happened until four months later. But for me, yeah. yes, a true dedicated guard. He plays some tackle at high school, but I think he's better for uh, the guard spot. He's just there's two things that I like about him. One in his actual play is just that he's big physical and he finishes every single block. And I think that's something I think we talked about that with Rocky when he committed. Um, that's something that we kind of felt like the line was missing, just kind of that meanness to them. And hopefully that leads into, you know, sort of a culture change where you have some some guys that'll rough some guys up. Up on the O line. But then two, what I like to look for in an offensive line film is the size of their competition. Like I hate when you have the 6'5, 270 offensive tackle and they're just beating up on kids that probably aren't even 200 pounds. And I mean the the film is just it's just very clear to see that they're just manhandling someone smaller than them. But from Williams's film, it looks like he's going up against some really good size, and he's still just throwing them down into the ground. So that's what I like to see in an offensive lineman in their film. And that's uh, you know pretty impressive when they're able to get some. You know, it's just it'd be like me trying to take down you know a middle schooler. A middle schooler might still win,
1: but I mean,
2: you get the point.
1: <laughs> I will say this though. Um... You did say when Donovan Lai committed last last year that that's his competition. He was just, um, what you I think you said? Actually, I think you did use that term, middle school defensive end. Yeah,
2: yeah. His his film, I, him and both David Watson, David Watson more so, um, and then also just playing in Tucson. I don't. The the level of competition isn't near, um, you know, compared to a San Diego or a uh, where's Jamari from? Georgia or Florida? Uh, Florida. Ja-Kai. is from georgia that's who I'm. um yeah i i so the level of competition is definitely much higher there but yeah, i did say that about Leigh, You now he's a starting tackle as a true freshman so something to note for
1: sure <laughs> um and i will also throw out a little recruiting nugget just because um we now have three offensive linemen committed that does not make or does not push Arizona out of contention for Ja'Kai Clark. Um, he is going to be taking a official visit to Illinois this this weekend, um, and then we will be making his decision on November 7th, so uh, I am officially calling Arizona on commitment watch for him.
2: Him? And then I still feel like they could still add Peyton Fears or Myron Cunningham. I don't know where they are in the recruitment process and where Arizona stands, but I still feel like those Arizona can still land one of them. I still don't think that's out of the question.
1: Yeah, I would say Peyton Fears more so than anyone. Sure,
2: yeah.
0: All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, we talked earlier about how this class is likely going to expand, Um, and so it looks like it's going to, and uh, I am guardedly optimistic. We're going to pull a couple uh, Star Watch uh, guys here at the end, and and push the ranking of the class over with uh, someone lead, uh, leading the recruiting. Uh, so something that started out pretty, uh, you know. Much like our season, the trajectory didn't look good out of the gates, but it looks like it's uh, turning in the right direction. So all things, I think, to be positive about. Uh, we didn't anticipate running this long. We thought we were going to bang out another quick one, but once we start, we tend to meander along. Uh, so I hope that's uh, good for the listeners. I, I want to... Um, you know, point out how awesome it is listening to you guys talk and just, uh, you guys are founts of, uh, information and insight and the tidbits just keep coming. So I, I, you know, I think it's valuable content and it's worth the time. So I'm certainly glad I have the opportunity to come on and do it with you guys and I look forward to doing it next week. Bear down, gentlemen, bear down, bear down.